Praise the Lord. And welcome to IHAP Podcast. IHAP, I have a testimony. Hosted by me, Reverend Mario Inaira. The podcast is shares and goes over testimonies from the people of God. So join me as I speak with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ that have influenced me and my Christian walk and see just how far God has brought us. Listen and be inspired and motivated by God's work in the lives of His people, by His grace and through His Word. of IHAP Podcast, and um, I want to invite you to uh, continue to listen uh, to the other testimonies, and you can join us at www.ihatpodcast.com. There you can see all the content for the uh, podcast. Um, you can see where the connections for uh, Facebook, for Instagram, uh, for um, Twitter. Uh, just join us there. You can even leave a comment of these testimonies you've listened to have blessed your life. You can leave us a comment there. Uh, you can contact us. There's just all the information there that you, you can get from the from the IHOP uh, ministry. Uh, so please join us there. Uh, also, um, I want to welcome today through Skype um, a, a family friend and a, a pastoral friend. Uh, we've I've known this um, pastor for a long time. Uh, and I'm very uh, honored to have him with me. I'm speaking today with Pastor John Vasquez. Praise the Lord, Pastor. Praise the Lord. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Pastor. Thank you so much for uh, being here with me today. And um, I wanted to get you on, Pastor, because um, you got to uh, write your testimony on Facebook, and and it was something that was touching, Pastor, and, and, and impactful, but also because of the work and the ministry you're doing now you know, uh, for, for uh, other souls and outreach and things like that. Uh, but Pastor, I wanted to go ahead and start with, um, how, how did your journey begin, Pastor? Well, I, I started when I was uh, 12 years old. I, had, I was going through some uh, turmoil as far as uh, I was starting to hang around with the wrong crowd. Mm. And uh, my mother had shared uh, with me right before she passed away, mm-hmm. that um, that she was uh, that she was about to leave and and go and and uh, for me to serve the Lord, that she had promised the pastor that that God would heal me when I was six months. Mm. Um, that uh, that my that her, her son would be a minister. Wow. And I I would uh, I said, well, why would you say such a thing? And, and then I started wondering. Why is it that when I was a child and I was going to church and Sunday school, I always pretended I was the preacher at home. I prayed church with my sisters, and uh, and I just felt that that was something that was instilled in me since since my birth. Just mm-hmm. like Jeremiah, he said before he was born, God knew him and God ordained him to be a prophet. But well, I believe with all my heart that. This is what took place in my life. Mm. And then when my mom told me what she was telling me, he goes, uh, I told her I wanted to come back the following day to go see her, but I was scheduled to preach in one of uh, our camp revivals that Brother Munoz, Gilberto Munoz, had in Compton, California. Mm. And uh, I was chosen to be the preacher uh, for that for that Ifatin service. Sector, it was a sector activity and mm-hmm. and the whole district of LA was going to uh, attend and 
and I was chosen to be the the guest speaker and the tent would had the capacity of maybe two thousand people. Wow. And uh, so I was introduced there and um myself and uh now he's our bishop national uh general secretary Enrique Salazar. He was he was the when they started the service and I was the preacher mm. and we both took play took part in that service. Mm. And uh, and the story goes that uh the following day after she says, Don't come um well, that was the day I died. That she died. Wow. And uh and I went and I preached and um, I was I was hurting because I had told the whole ten people, please pray for my my mom, like I would raise her up. I mm-hmm. believe God can do it, and she went. Mm. But she went because God had, uh, you know, called her, and that was that was the end of that. Yeah. And, and that, but the impact that she left with me, uh, I wanted to turn my life around. I was I was a little upset at first, mm-hmm. very bitter, but uh, God put a calling in me, and, and eventually, the year later, uh, I gave my life to the Lord. Wow, Pastor. Wow. So so that was a big influence, your your mother, you know, that, that yeah. yeah, that prophecy, that promise she placed yes. in your life. Yes. Wow. And and you said you were um you were ten or eleven? Yes, I was I actually was uh, twelve. Twelve years old. And you're already preaching it. <laughs> because I, I love to go to Sunday school and wow. I heard a lot. And uh, but again I was I was in that um, that line between the world and the and the things of God. Yeah, and I, I was able to conquer. Amen. So you started out pretty young, Pastor. How did, how did that yes. affect as you got you know twelve years old? You're going to hit thirteen, fifteen years old, sixteen years old. Your adolescent life. How did that How did that affect all that? Did well, uh, it did affect it a lot because I, I found myself fighting the peer pressure mm. because my my pastor uh, that I had he wanted me to dress in slacks mm. and and a nice pressure and uh, that wasn't me. I was about I, I was I was content with just wearing a t-shirt and and uh, and, and my jeans or I like back then it was corduroy <laughs> and uh, and that's. That's what I used to like to wear, but uh, uh, God started dealing with me, and through the guys in the street, they would tell me, "Hey, you're not one of us." Mm. Uh, you know, he says, "Don't, don't, don't be influenced by us. Don't follow us." And he says, "You're, you're a church guy." Wow. We need to, uh, you need to dress like them. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, you know what? I said, "He's." God used them to to uh, make the buffets on on the on the on the standard, you know, on the dress code. Yeah. But um, but I've had plenty of experiences with the guys from the streets, neighborhoods, in and out of jails. Wow. And um, they would they would tell me, and 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 eventually, uh, I I I changed my my ways and I turned around and and they followed me. They would come to church with me, and. Uh, and that got me on the road to where I'm at right now. Yeah, so, it, that's just amazing, Pastor. How how God just had not only that, well, just that calling, but also His hand in your life. Where, I mean, these guys where they could probably 
care less about whatever you decided to do about church. But I mean, they were influenced to say, you know what, you're different. You know, you're yeah. different because <laughs> you, you hardly hear of that. You know, you, you hardly hear of people trying to direct people to, hey, you know, make better choices, especially when you're around that environment all the time. And that's that's really kind of what life is about, I guess. Uh, right. Yeah. So the, praise God, you know, that, that God just had his hand on your life. Um, what were some things, Pastor, that, that you got to experience? So besides the peer pressure, I know you said you, you get to deal with the you got to deal with a lot of people. Uh, like you said, we're in gangs and, and, and things like that. What were some of the things you got to see out there? Well, uh, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but <laughs> back in the, in the ninth grade, uh, I had a I had a situation happen to me. I, mm-hmm. I would carry my Bible. I wanted to carry my Bible to school. Mm-hmm. and um, But on the way to the bus stop, the spirit of fear came over me, mm-hmm. and I put a book cover over my Bible. and and I put U.S. history on it, <laughs> and uh, and one of the guys I, I that I sat by he was was hard for solo, uh-huh. and he had his talent and everything. And he he goes, "Hey, uh, let me check out your book." And he looked at it and he goes, "This is a Bible." <laughs> and uh, he goes, "Why you got U.S. history on it?" And I I go, uh, "Well, it's a long story, but uh, he goes." Uh, he goes, you shouldn't be ashamed of carrying your Bible. Wow. Because he goes, uh, you, you're going to church now, and you gave, you gave your heart to the Lord? And I go, yeah. And then I got mad inside, and I go, and I just don't want nobody to tell me nothing. Yeah. Not to tease me, because then my old man would come back out. <laughs> but, but eventually what happened is that young man went to church with me. Wow. And... Um, that 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 night, uh, we had a revival at our church for three days, mm-hmm. and um, I took him, and the Lord filled him with the Holy Ghost, wow. and uh, I was so surprised. He came and he hugged me. I thank you, thank you. I never felt so much joy, and so it was that episode that made me what's uh, uh, the word? Well, this is this is a great feeling that made me want to go out there and get the guys and take them to church with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one time, I remember Manuel Rivera, I don't know if you knew him, but he was an evangelist, and he would pray for the sick, and he would pray for those that didn't know the Lord, and mm-hmm. then he slain. And um, I had up to 50, some guys walking to the church one night. Wow. And, and he was there preaching, and, uh, and the Lord impressed in him to pray for all those guys. He said, I want all of you to come up here. And he just said, Jesus, and like dominoes, they started fighting. <laughs> and they got slain. Some started crying. Some got uh-huh. the Holy Ghost. And, and I said, wow. And I just felt so good because it, it injected um, me to become an evangelist. It injected yeah. me to come, go out in the streets. But the only time I can go out in the streets is when I late at night. Mm. That's when those guys were out. They were yeah. out in the daytime. So I would go out in the mid, in the ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night, and I started witnessing. And started, I carried my Bible I was by myself, uh-huh. uh, and uh, and uh, some episodes happened to me where I saw people under uh, the drug back then was Sherm. Uh, it was it was a rat poison type of drug, and the guys would be like zombies oh, after wow. taking the whiffs of that and smoke it, whatever they did with it, and. Um, they would 
they'd be like zombies and the police uh, would be arresting them and I had on one occasion the police officer came up to me and he goes, do you know this guy? And I go, yeah, I know him. And he goes, do me a favor, take him home. Mm. And because the officer was tired of arresting him. Mm. And um, he says, you take him home. So I take him, I take him home. And then after that, they would come to church with me. Uh, they, you know, there was just experience after experience. Yeah. Uh, another occasion, I had a guy come up to me, and, and he comes up to me, and he was he was loaded under that drug, mm. uh, and uh, he looked at me and he goes, uh, "Hey, Holmes," and he pointed the gun at me. Oh wow! He goes, he goes, you know what? I don't like you, and uh, I froze. Uh huh. But inside of me, I was saying Jesus, <laughs> and the guys, the guys saw what was happening, mm -hmm. and they they knocked him to the ground and they beat him up. They broke his leg. Uh, they left him there. All whatever they did to him, yeah. I, I, I went home. I, I was I was so traumatized by what I saw. Yeah. And um, and the story and the story goes that uh, when I got home, uh, I you know I was I was crying. I was. Say, Lord, why did you allow this to happen? Mm. And a couple of weeks went by, and uh, I was doing a Bible study to an elderly lady mm -hmm. and, uh, and a young lady that requested some Bible studies. And I was giving the Bible study, and then all of a sudden, uh, a young man yells from his coming into his porch, Mom, ¿qué hay para comer? Tengo hambre. Mm. And the voice sounded familiar. And I'll give you one guess who it was. Ooh. It was a guy, he had crutches. Uh-huh. It was the one that was a broken leg. Wow. He, goes, he walks in, and he sees me giving the Bible study to his mom and to his sister. And he goes, what are you doing here? And uh, and I said, I'm giving a Bible study to your mom. And I started crying. I started speaking in tongues and, and just saying, wow, how great. Like the song says, how great is our okay, God. Yes. And, uh, and I said, wow, God is great. Yeah. And the, the, the elderly senora, she started crying. ¿Qué tienes? ¿Qué traes? Yeah. And, uh, and I told her, ask your son. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and I was just, I was amazed at what God, God had done that, that in those two weeks. Yeah, that full circle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, God brought me to his house, and I didn't know where he lived. I didn't know where he was from. I had never seen him before, but I knew he was one of the guys, one of the trollers from the gang. And um, so it's just God works in mysterious ways. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that was probably one of the most amazing things. And and uh, the story goes that I that I turned around, and uh, one day I was in Sunday school. This was like eight years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in Sunday school and I was worshiping God and he taps me, he comes in, he taps me on my back and he says, praise the Lord. I go, amen. And he goes, I'm serving the Lord now. Wow. I went to my wife. I got baptized in, in Minnesota. He disappeared in Minnesota and it turned out to be a UPC uh, uh, church uh -huh. that he was attending. And he goes, I'm your brother. I'm baptized in Jesus' name. And I just said, wow, because you were the one that planted the seed, though. Wow. So I wanted to come back and tell you thank you. And I said, wow, God's amazing. Yes.
Wow, Pastor, that that's such an awesome, awesome account, man. That's and like you said, it's just it's just planting that seed, you know, just planting that seed in somebody's life. Uh, and and one of the things you always hear is, Pastor, you were doing all these things before you even were ordained, right? In the ministry, you were right. Yeah, I, I was in a set aside. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, I was just, I, I mean, the Lord was taking me to some experiences, and uh, and I believe that this is this all these little things that happened. Mm -hmm. in my, in my school days, and the year that uh, I got engaged, I became this, uh, a sector leader, mm -hmm. uh, and then the Lord just took me from there to all the way to the national level, mm -hmm. and he put me there because uh, I truly believe it was because of the experiences that I had gone through mm -hmm. uh, with the gangs and, and with different people and different uh, walks of life, mm -hmm. uh, the drugs and and I've seen so many young men die, mm. uh, you know, beaten, you name it, I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, matter of fact, I would go to those parties that the guys would be, I, I found out where they were at. I would, I had a Volkswagen, and I would go, and, and I'd go to that part, and there they were. And I'd get off, and they'd all evaporate, and they would say, here comes Mark. <laughs> they people like Mark. And, uh, but it was great. It was, uh, I, I don't regret it. One bit, <laughs> uh, I read. I read the story of Nikki Cruz, and I and I can relate to all of that what he went through, but uh, it was in a different way, and mm -hmm. and uh, and I believe that that's what the Lord uh, wanted. He wanted me to get all this experience mm -hmm. because He was going to lead me to uh, within the church or the apostolic assembly, mm -hmm. and and, uh, and I started just working my way up to the, toward the national. Which eventually the Lord put me in the area of the Crusades mm -hmm. that we would uh, that we would direct. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how God worked. Yeah, and and Pastor, um, the the times when um, when you were serving in those positions, it was most it was youth. It was mostly with the youth. Is that correct? In the different levels. Correct. Right. Right. Yeah, because I remember. Right. Yeah, I remember uh, always going like district services, and there was Pastor John Vasquez, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, uh, Pastor, what what would you uh, what would you counsel, Pastor? Especially, you know, you always hear how young people, and, and I believe it's true, but how young people go through different experiences or they're facing different challenges, and that happens as the year goes on, the years goes on, and the decades go on. But I mean, ultimately, it's it's all the same in a sense where you know, as long as you're holding strong to God, you know, you can you can make it through anything. But what would you say to that one young person? You know, your experiences throughout the years and and serving in national sector district levels with young people. What would what would your word of encouragement be to them, Pastor? Well, number one, I believe very strongly after seeing everything that I passed through. Mm -hmm. Acts 1-8 becomes alive to me, mm. where it says, you shall receive power mm. after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Mm -hmm. We are powerless if we don't have the Holy, mm. Holy Spirit working in our lives. And uh, and because of the power that we have within us, we can overcome temptation. Mm. We can overcome uh, the means where people come against us, just like the young man that pointed the gun at me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had people threaten me, I had people mock me, and 
Mm. And, and I've been, I've gone through so much, but but at the same time, I believe that I held on to that principle. Mm-hmm. You shall receive power mm. after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and because of that power, uh, we're able to go to areas that nobody wants to go to. Mm. We're able to go to uh, you know go to things to things in our life and. Uh, there's a lot of pressures. I know it's hard sometimes for the young people, mm-hmm. but if they get a hold of the power, mm. and that's why I tell them, whenever you have a chance, go to Bible study, mm. go to uh, youth week, go to anything that has to do with that, because those are the those are the moments that we can get power, mm-hmm. and uh, and those are the moments that uh, perhaps we won't get another chance. Yeah, youth camps. Uh, the junior camps, all those places. Uh, it was a junior camp when the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost. Wow. I went, I went to go play baseball, and uh, and it was the power that made all the difference. Yes, turned everything around. Oh yes, Pastor. And and just kind of tying on to that, uh, just for a ge- any general listen, uh, anyone that's listening, uh, general uh, any general listener. Um, what would you, what would your encouraging words to, to them be, where they just kind of feel like, you know what, Pastor, you don't. You don't know what I'm going through. You know, I, I know, you know, yeah, it's the word of God, but I'm not there yet. Uh, you know, what what would your encouragement be to them in their current situation that, uh, you know, that they feel that they can't get out of? Uh, my my encouragement is to find a partner, friend, mm. brother, sister that that uh, that is that is going through the same thing that they're going through. Mm. Uh, and, and to learn how to pray. Yes. Uh, and because because prayer is what changes everything, mm. and it changes our perspective. And, and in my case, uh, it was prayer and home Bible studies. Mm. Uh, when I felt when I felt down and out, I'd go give a Bible study, mm-hmm. and then I would feel encouraged again. Yeah. Just like Job said, when uh, when I lost everything, and while I was praying for my friends. During the end of the chapter of Job, mm-hmm. he said, "While I was praying for my friends, the Lord blessed me and gave me tenfold." Wow! And, and that and that's what I strongly believe. Mm-hmm. It's the word and prayer is going to make all the difference for our young people. Yes. Oh, Amen, Pastor. So right now, Pastor, uh, where are you? Where are you currently located at? And in, in, in the church, Pastor? And because I know one of you, like you said, one of your that you've been discussing about is one of your biggest uh, uh, things that you work in, Pastor, is evangelism. But wh- how can you just go over your church and, and, and where, where you're pastoring at and, and how that's going right now for you, Pastor? Okay. I, well, I, uh, I, the Lord led me here to Superior. Okay. Uh, it has a, it's not a big city. It's approximately 3,300 people mm. in the town. Uh, it's drug. Uh, it's full of drugs and full mm. of uh, wannabe gang members. Mm-hmm. I call them wannabes because <laughs> uh, I see them and, and it's amazing how how some of them are. Mm. But um, I see them and and uh, and the Lord led me there I, when I was a child. I would go to that church and visit my grandparents. They lived here in Superior. Oh wow! And, uh, my mothers were my mom's parents, and her brothers and sisters all live here in Superior. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I would go visit the church, and there would only be five people, six people, mm. and they were not. It was not alive. The church was going down. Mm. Uh, and finally, uh, when I became national youth leader, uh, I would go visit. When I come and visit Arizona for the conventions, I'd go visit my family here in Superior. And one day, I went to the, I went to Superior, and my aunt, um, she was dying of cancer, mm. and um, I went to visit her, and, and I knew that if she died, she was she wasn't gonna make it. So I, I got bold, and I told I began to witness to her, mm-hmm. and uh, and to my amazement, when I went back home, my pastor and his his wife, they went to Superior, and they went to the church, and the baptistry, the water wasn't working, was plugged, hadn't had a baptism in like 11 years. Wow. Um, and my aunt turned around and told me, I want to get baptized. And uh, they called me, and, uh, and they told me what happened, and, and uh, my, my uncle's um, they fixed the baptistry, they got water in there, and they, they made a special stretcher for her. Wow. They uh, had four uh, four ends, and four people could have one mm-hmm. on one end, one on the other, and on the other side, and they submerged her in the water. And my, my pastor baptized her. She came out of the water speaking in tongues. Wow. And, um, back then, Bishop Romo was being advised for the general board to go ahead and close the church. Mm. And um, so when my when my uh, aunt passed away, uh, they they told me, well, John, you're in charge. You're going to take care of the service. And I go, well, there's no pastor here, so how am I going to, I don't got no keys. I don't, uh, I call, I call the bishop and and he goes, well, John, we're considering on closing the church down. Wow. And uh, I said, well, you can't close the church now. I go, there's people here. Mm-hmm. Those here. And a lot of those souls are my family. Mm-hmm. And um, so I said, you can't close the church down. I said, well, he goes, I'm willing to help you in the service. So Brother Romo came and ministered. And he was amazed by all the people that he saw. The church mm-hmm. was uh, filled to capacity. We had about 200 people inside the church. Wow. Uh, people outside. Uh, the whole, he was just amazed at what, what he saw. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Brother John Vasquez, we cannot close this church. Wow. This guy's going to have to send somebody. Yeah. And uh, I go, you got that right. You're going to have to send somebody. <laughs> and he goes, and then he got my shoulder and he goes, you. And I go, no, nah, I don't think so. And um, some time went by, and sure enough, I, uh, in 1997, I had an experience where I woke up in tears, woke up crying, and 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 God, God was instilling in me, "What's wrong with you?" Mm. Uh, and uh, I just, I started asking my different friends, pastors, mm-hmm. for their advice. How do you know God's calling? Because I didn't want to go somewhere and just go. Mm. I wanted God. I wanted God to let me know that it was happening. Yeah. And so I called Bishop Romo. And he was the last person I called. Uh, I told him I, I need to have lunch with you. 
So he goes, well, come on down. Uh, uh, I'll meet you there at uh, Temple of Redeemer in Mesa. Mm-hmm. And uh, then after that, we went and meet him. New Yorker, there in the restaurant, I told him what was happening with me. And I, I was questioning why. And the Holy Spirit kept telling me, you got to go. Mm-hmm. And um, But back then, I wasn't still wasn't sure. So I asked him what, if he really felt that God was calling me the superior. And he goes, well, Brother John Moskis, I believe God is calling you. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and there's no doubt about it. Uh, when I got to, to Mesa, because Brother Bishop Romo was preaching in Mesa, that's why we went to mm-hmm. Mesa. And and I, I got there a little early, I was able to hear him preach. And out of all the preachings that that man would preach, guess what he preached about? Jonah. <laughs> running from his calling. And I said, wow, I just, I knew it was God. Yeah. I knew it was God. And, and now that I'm here, mm-hmm. I know it was God because it has kept the evangelistic spirit. Mm. Because superior people don't like to live here. Mm. They're here for a moment and they're gone. Mm. So, um, so what I've experienced, I, I've experienced up to 100 members mm-hmm. uh, there at the church. I've seen it go as low as uh, eight. Wow. And then I go back to, right now I'm steadily at around 31. Uh, but it, it's up and down. Yeah. But what it's done to me is made me, when the number gets real low, I have to go out in the streets. Mm. I have to go out and get some more. And right now, uh, last night, matter of fact, I had I had close to 20 visitors. Wow. And five members, six members. And uh, but I said, you know what? This, this is what God's doing. He's putting, he's making me more uh, evangelistic yes, yeah. uh, type of experience with the, with the pastoring. And, uh, but it's, it's made me, it's molded me, it's mm-hmm. got me to a point. Now when I go out, uh, I experience what a pastor experiences when things aren't going good. Yeah. You want to quit, but that's when we got to get stronger mm-hmm. and better. And um, and now I'm able to minister not only to the to the souls, but I'm able to minister to the church mm-hmm. and to the ministry. Uh, so it's it's maybe a better person overall. Yeah. Well, and and like you said, Pastor, you know. Whatever journey or whatever level uh, or path God has taken us to, He's always going to equip us. He's always going right. to equip us. So, I mean, it's just it's just great to hear. Uh, but, um, Pastor, I wonder if you could share with us because I was kind of reading uh, on your testimony that you're going to be going uh, to minister or evangelize. Is it in Honolulu? This we year, went to, we went. Oh, we you went. went. Oh, yeah, wow. We went back in May. Uh huh. May we went over there, my son and I, and. Um, we were expecting uh, the church in general to support it, um, because missions, uh, local missions, mm-hmm. sent us. And uh, uh, we went over there, and I said, "We're going to do the best we can." Yeah. I was expecting uh, at least fifty people there, but we had twenty. And it was a lot. Yeah, oh, it was wow. like being in my church. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, and again, I went into evangel- evangelistic mode. Yeah. The pastor, we're gonna. I want to go uh, 
one of my friends, he, he, he was born in Honolulu, mm. and he knew Hawaii. So I told him the type of preacher I was and the type of person I was. Mm-hmm. I said, I want to go where there's a need, drug addicts, homeless, yeah, all walks of life. I go, that's where I want to go. He goes, well, you don't want to go to this one area that I'm thinking of. <laughs> I, go, I go, why? He says, well, that's all that's there. They, they live in their tents. And sure enough, uh, I, I got there and I asked the pastor, where is this little park by the ocean, by the beach, mm-hmm. and this bunch of tents? And he goes, why are you asking me? Goes, that's where I want to go have a street, wow. a park service. And he goes, well, I know there's one, but I never, you know, I never, uh, he goes, we've only went there to feed the, to feed the homeless, oh. but never had any kind of outreach. He says, well, that's where I want to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, on the way to Honolulu, they go through your luggage, and they, I had my horn, my big horn that I carry <laughs> with me, and uh, they didn't let me take it on. Uh, they told me it would damage the airwaves. Oh. Uh, and so I said, it's an attack of the devil. Yeah. <laughs> but when I got in, when I got into Honolulu, I took the pastor, the first thing you got to do is that you got to find well, they sell blowhorn, mm. and um, so I went. I went. Ended up going to a Radio Shack. They had one on sale for eighty nine dollars, and it was pretty loud. Uh. And so I bought it, and uh, and then the, I told the missionary, "This is yours because you're going to need it after after uh, we're done here." Yeah. So uh, uh, praise God, we we went out in the park. That part we. We were able to encourage the congregation, um, and uh, it was amazing. We had around maybe 40 people come under our tent, wow. and, and we ended up preaching out in the street. I went out in the open, and we started preaching, and and uh, people started coming. And and now, the uh, my understanding is the missionary is doing it every Sunday. Oh, wow. Having church. Instead of renting the building, he's going to that one part and he's having church. And uh, and since we've finished the crusade there, he's baptized five people. Wow! Um, praise God. And uh, the, the weekend I was there, we had three filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, so things are happening in Honolulu. Yeah. And I give God the glory. Amen. Because uh, I was able to put my seed and plant it there. And, yeah. And, it was, it was a great experience. Yeah. I don't better one bit. Wow, Pastor. And it's interesting because how you keep, you you know, the theme or, or what you're mentioning is, you know, your experiences and how God has let you see certain things. And I imagine you, Pastor, that, like you said, you've been in your congregation where you're down to eight people sometimes to a hundred. But I imagine that that passion when you're out there evangelizing, when you only see, like you said, you were expecting like 50 people and you got about 20. But I imagine it's just... Like you said, God already prepared you for that, so it doesn't phase you in a sense. You know, you're you're gonna right. preach to eight, just like you're gonna preach to a hundred. <laughs> right, and then and then then when I became the national youth president, the last convention that we ran, uh-huh. uh, I saw Anaheim Convention Center and I seen how it was filled with capacity, wow. and I saw a, a wave of the spirit of God moving, and, and I was able, you know, to lead. The young people of our assembly and, yeah. and all the hermanos and hermanas support uh, the young people and, and 
and just be being part of the the revival yeah. that took place during our our leadership. I I was uh, I'm amazed what God has done with my life. Oh yes, sir. Like in glory. Yeah, and and all with the promise, Pastor, from your mom. <laughs> you know, proclaiming yeah. that on your life and and all these years. That's awesome, Pastor. Uh, Pastor, if anyone's around uh, your area there in, in Superior, um, what's the location of your church? My the, the location of my church is 851 Wilhoy. It's right behind uh, a very popular restaurant called Los Hermanos. It's a little street there, and, uh, and it's called Life Restoration Community Center. Mm. That's the name of our church. All right. And, uh, and we, we, are, we are bilingual. Uh, I'm on the verge right now of uh, baptizing maybe four or five people, mm-hmm. and two two of them are going to be Spanish and three of them English, and so I'm, look, I'm looking uh, to maybe opening two services and have one fluent Spanish and uh, and continue the English. Yeah, oh, that's it's been real good. That's great, Pastor. Definitely, and Pastor, I wanted to ask you also. Because uh, I've seen you write it. Were you the one who came up with? No, this was. I think this was for the assembly. But exalt Christ, equip the church, and evangelize the world. That was. Was that during your trip? That was Bishop. Yes, that's yes, right. That was Bishop Sanchez, his first president, his first year as president. Uh, he came up with that, and I really, really like the ending because it involved uh, in uh, in the mode that we were in. Yes, evangelizing and, the world. Evangelizing the. And that was that was one of our goals. They hit all fifty-one states, and uh, and so when this recent time they called me to go to Hawaii, I jumped at it because I just added another one. Uh, and I and I want to go before I die. I, I want to visit all the states. How many more do you have left, Pastor? I have right now. I have uh, close to twenty-two. Okay. Uh, and. Um, I got a long way to go. Yeah. But the Lord carries. Uh, I will. I will go proclaim to every major city in the United States. Oh, that's awesome, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor, I really want to appreciate your time and just thank you and uh, you know for sharing what God has done for you and what God has continued to do in your life and and I just want you to know, Pastor, that we're praying for you for your family. Uh, you know, for your health, that, that you can continue to, to be involved and continue to do this work, especially in evangelism, Pastor. That, that's, that's really awesome. And, um, and again, I really want to appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Pastor. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for everything. Oh, no worries. God bless you, Pastor. Thank you.